0: So we're in the final, we've been teaching on um, understanding our calling, and it's called uh, the three components, we say, that help us triangulate this masterpiece mission, which Ephesus have, where God speaks over us, you're a masterpiece, and yet there's something I've designed you for. We said that the three markers for that are understanding your gifts, um, your passions, and your story. And if you've had the chance, there's an assessment, and 142 of you have taken the assessment. There's a QR code on your program. I had a few of you last week said, you know what, I took the test when you were teaching. And I was like, perfect use of time. Right? So um, if eight of you, one of the goals was 150 adults, so um, if eight of you want to take the test right now, you certainly can. Um, It's a chance. The, The holiness of this conversation is not me talking to you. The holiness is when you take your story, you take your gifts, you take your passions, and and you, you include others into that, and when you listen to their stories and their gifts and their passions in conversation, that's really holy. And so, what we want to do is we want to stir conversation, and, and as Nate was even praying, our hope this morning is that God would stir a conversation with you about your story um, this morning. So, may that be. So, uh, with that, on November the 13th, it was World Kindness Day. Did anybody know that? I, I don't know how, that, how those days get picked and things like that, but in Pittsburgh they dressed the babies in red cardigans, um, honoring Fred Rogers, right? Yeah, you're really cool, right? Fred Rogers, an, a beautiful, interesting man, right? A peculiar man, but one who was good and kind. Um, Fred Rogers' scope was one that was really interesting, right? Uh, at, at times, he, he was wanting to use his gifts, his passions, and his story in, in, in order to sting God's goodness in the world. It was led by the move of Jesus in his life. Fred Rogers, as you can imagine, wasn't always popular. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can, could you consider that maybe he was even made fun of by the most elite and the most popular and the butt of jokes for his style and his presentation? But yet he never wavered on how God had wired him for the good that he was bringing. And the beauty, and the part that I love about Fred Rogers, um, he, he was a leader and so few leaders finish well. There's usually some sort of scandal that knocks them out, some sort of arrogance, pride, foolishness, money, sex, scandal, to where they plateau and they don't finish well. But Fred was one of those leaders who actually finished well, right? There's something beautiful about someone whose story is filled with kindness. Uh, For us, for you, there's the opportunity for us to to finish well, to use our gifts, our calling on our story, to kind of continue to figure out this arc of our lives where we can say yes to what God's inviting us into, for the good that he has written for us to do. And so we want to talk about that today, this idea of story. We want to lead to action in this, And and that is challenging. And I know that wrong ideas about God in your life will lead you to take no action. Jesus told a parable, and last week we looked at this as a parable of the talents, right? Of some being giving so much. And what led the person to do nothing with what he was given was a wrong idea about his master. So all your bad ideas about who God is will lead to take no action but right ideas about God, his kindness and his goodness and his generosity, his abundant love for you, the things that we were singing about this morning, and the way he's wired you and how he delights over you and speaks over you, the kind of good perspectives that Bruce was sharing about his sons, right? Many of us have backwards perspectives, and God has to tell us the right ideas about others, ourselves, and himself. Now, the right ideas of, of God will, will lead us to courage and taking action It'll lead us to believe what we know to be true, that life is filled with purpose. And we must take action for it. I was listening to a teacher this last week. His name is Jordan Singh. And we're going to be teaching on some of this stuff in Christmas. Maybe I'm back. There. Let's keep trying this. said that trying... Is the things of faith. And when we've been talking about gifts, passions, and your story, it's to lead you to action. It's to lead you to uh, move in those things, to try them. Right? And so I want to encourage you, try. Use them. Investigate it. Go deeper. We've only scratched the surface. So we've been talking about gifts, passion, and story. This final one that we want to go into is this, this part of story, the final move includes learning to read and to interpret the details of our, own, our life journey and your unique story. And it takes learning to do this. So 2 Corinthians is this writing of Paul when he's writing to this church and it says this. It's a small little text within this. It says, as he's writing to them, you show that you are a letter from Christ. Not written with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. You are a story in itself being written by God. God's hand in this, and he's speaking to a group of people who have received from God life and breath and his spirit. God is writing a story, and you have one. Your life is a story, and it's not just the facts of your story. It's not just like these interrelated ideas of this. There's a narrative, and that has meaning. A life story just doesn't say, here's what happened. It says, here's what matters. And that's what your life story does. It speaks to what matters, to what you've engaged in, to where you give it. And there's parts of our story that they actually tell what matters. And many of us might be embarrassed by what we have said matters, of how we have lived. And so when we turn and we take action and we adjust things, we say, oh no, no, here's what really matters. Now our our, our life tells the story of what really matters. And there's an arc to every one of our stories. There's a flow to it a beginning, a middle, and an end. Do you know how to read it? Do you know how to read the arc of your story? Do you know the primary themes to your story? Are you aware of them? Most of us don't take the time to reflect on our story. Not all of it. And even when we do, we're so enmeshed in our story that it can be difficult, maybe even virtually impossible, to perceive the meanings and the patterns of our own story. And so I want to invite you into the beautiful and challenging task of looking at your story to interpret it, the themes and the patterns, and to do that with others. It is not an easy journey. It's actually a really difficult one. But it is worth it. In our story, we can see these overarching directions of our life, ways that God is transforming through our pain and equipping us uniquely to bring comfort and hope to others. And that's what we want you to be able to see the masterpiece mission that you are, God involved in your story. There's a term within the navigational fields called dead reckoning, and dead reckoning is when travelers who are on a long journey without navigational equipment are trying to figure out, you know, it's sort of that dead reckoning is saying, where were you when you started? Draw the picture of where you were, and dead reckoning is saying, here's where I started, and then using that information, they'll say, I traveled this direction for this amount of time at this speed and it helps them determine where they are. Oh, here's where I was when I started, and here's where I have traveled how long in that, in order to determine where they might be. The idea of looking at our story is a dead reckoning. We have to look back in order to know where we started, in order to figure out where we're going, and where God might be inviting us to go. To understand the arc of your story, you have to go back to go forward. So here's this challenging, but understanding the arc of your story and going back in order to go forward. Many of us, we think the beginning of our story was when you were born. It's not. So much of your story happened way before you were born. Right? No, the beginning of your story pulls in details of your parents, how they were raised, where they came from, their wounds and hurts and tragedies and successes. And all of those things mingle together to paint this picture of the beginning of your story. Your story goes back to grandparents, and at that, if you have this idea to be able to see this bigger picture, and your beginning starts way before when you were born. There's much more detail there. There is a beginning. you got to go back to go forward. So our big idea for today is this. Two of the biggest clues for understanding your story are your blessedness, and your brokenness. And we want to look at these things. The biggest clues for understanding your story are your blessedness and your brokenness. Make sense? And so we're going to want to look at these clues going forward. So there's this text. Um, Jesus has, this is in Luke 24, Jesus was crucified as he foretold to his disciples. He was buried and when his followers came in order to anoint him three days after his death, they looked in the tomb and he was gone. As he said, he said he rose from the dead, but he was gone. A few people witnessed this, or they went to the tomb, and they actually saw Jesus, these were the women. Uh, I believe Peter and John ran to the tomb, they didn't actually see Jesus, they just saw the tomb empty. Jesus told the women who went in order to love him and care for him and provide for him, they said, go tell the disciples, i I'm risen. Tell them to wait for me. I'll show myself to them. So they're in this upper room. Jesus shows himself to these disciples. The journey in Luke 24 says there's a couple other disciples on this road to the city called Emmaus. And they've heard all of these stories, and they're confused. They're confused about what has happened. They're confused by the death and the crucifixion of Jesus. No one planned this. No one thought that was the way it should go. And when it went that way, they didn't know how to interpret it. It was only tragedy and failure and end. They were duped. They were wrong. They had such greater hopes for what would happen. And this just indicated to them, it's over. There is no hope. And yet, there's this story circulating about Jesus not really being dead. These two disciples, unnamed disciples, are walking on this road, and the story tells us that Jesus comes upon them and begins to talk to him. but he is um, hiding himself from them. They, they don't recognize him. I don't know if he took different form. I don't know what it was. They couldn't see him. And they're walking on the journey, and he, he asks them, why, "Why are you so upset?" And they're like, "Oh man, where have you been? Have you been in Jerusalem over this last weekend, over the Passover that? Did you, did you hear the story of Jesus being crucified and this hope that we had in him? Did you, did you not know what has taken place?" And, and Jesus responds to them in this way, in Luke 24 verses 25 to 27, he said to them, "How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken." Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. They had all the facts of the story, right? But they didn't know how to put it together. They missed it. They struggled to put the pieces of this story together. And Jesus came along and said, let me help you put the pieces together. And he teaches them. So could that be you? You can know all the facts. You can know the facts of your own story, but struggle to be able to put those pieces together in order to understand this arc, this narrative, this work of God that is happening in you and through you and for God's purposes. You may not understand it. So as they're traveling with Jesus, they stop for the evening and they sit down at a table together. And in Luke 24, verses 30 to 31, when it comes to understanding how these pieces fit together, here's what happened. This is Luke 24, verse 30. When he was at the table with them, this is Jesus, he took bread, and he gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. In this text, when Jesus took the bread he gave thanks, is that he blessed. He, he blessed God. It was a blessing when he took bread and gave thanks. He blessed God, and then he broke the bread. There's something really interesting. In the idea of Jesus' blessing and in breaking, they recognize who he is. Because he had done that before, right? Their eyes were open to Jesus in this whole story once he blessed and he broke the bread. He blessed God and broke the bread. So this story, could this story serve as a paradigm for us understanding our blessedness and our brokenness, a paradigm for how Jesus brings understanding to our story as well, that as we sit with Jesus and brings blessing and breaking, we begin to recognize him. As we look to Jesus through our blessings and our brokenness, our eyes are open to see him at work in our story. And so, as we journey this week, and for those of you who are going through this, this is what we're going to invite you to do. We're going to invite you into your story of your blessedness um, and into your brokenness. And both of those can be equally difficult for you. Maybe one will be a little bit easier, another will be a little bit harder. But we're going to invite you on into that journey. But it's not without risk. It's not without danger. And it can be really intimidating to do so. Before we look at some tools in order to help us to do that, there's one really interesting nuance of this text that's kind of weird, right? So, Jesus was walking with them. He didn't disclose himself to them. They're walking on this road. Jesus shares, helps them understand the story. And then it says they, they stopped. Here, here's, here's this part. This is Luke 24, verses 28 and 29. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going to go farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And then he sat with them, and then he broke the bread at the table, and they recognized him, and then he disappeared, right? Interesting, right? He walked along as if he was going to go further. And they demanded, no, 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 no. They begged him. They urged, stay. Stay here with us. Stay here with us. We want you here with us. And he said, Yes. This is weird. It's interesting. See, I love that song, Reckless Love, because it's, it's a story of Jesus pursuing us, right? I'll chase you down. You're lost and, and found. And many of us have experienced Jesus chasing us down, right? But there's this other part of this journey that when we're walking with Jesus, he will not force himself on us. And there's, time, there's times when he reveals himself to us in his life, but you have to want it, right? you got to want it, too, This is an interesting part when it comes to understanding our story and our arc in this. Could it be that Jesus is walking on? He's going to say, hey, I'll walk on further, but I'll also stay with me if, if you invite me into this. Let me come in. And so, my question for you in this moment as you're maybe you're going through the GPS or you've been hearing us talk about it, take a moment and think about how you would respond to Jesus. He's you've heard these things shared, this truth illuminated, uh, and you, you felt the movement of God, and yet he's going to go on further. He's, he's going to go on about his business. Uh, and, and how would you respond? And here's a few questions. Are you content with your own understanding of your story, your own interpretation of the events of your life? Have you considered that Jesus may be writing a different story providing fresh meaning into the events of your life? Do you perceive the story Jesus is writing through your blessings and your brokenness? And I believe this to be true, that only Jesus can rightly interpret your story for you. It's with the help of God that helps us to interpret our stories. The Spirit of God within us. He doesn't force us to go any further, but there's an invitation and there's this part of saying, do you want to go further? Are you willing to dig in a little bit? Are you willing to say, yeah, Jesus, I want to go further? This is, this is the way to life. Even with Jesus with his own disciples, when people were leaving him, he said, are you going to go too? Was he going to beg them to stay? I don't, I don't think so. But they said, where else are we going to go? We're going with you. So interesting. So where are you on this? Have you verbally kind of even spoken out saying I'm I'm willing to go here? I've been on this journey of story, and I've been reading people's stuff, and I've listened to I listened to like an eight-hour conference on somebody talking about understanding your story, and then he gave us the next task, which was to write down in full measure ten of my stories of my memories, and I haven't put the pencil down for a second yet. I mean, I haven't started, haven't done it. I'm too I'm scared right? Like, I I don't want to do it. Like, I do, but I don't. And I've talked about it. I'm, like, really excited about this material, but I have not written one story, even though they're popping into my head, where I'm, like, being taken back where I thought I had no memory. And all of a sudden, I do. I have memory, right? Weird memories. Memories that have embarrassed me, memories that have, have brought joy to me, Memories that, I'm, memories that I've said, no, 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 we pushed that behind us. We're not going to talk about that thing, right? No, 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 nobody wants to hear about that. I've never shared that story. No one knows that because it's embarrassing and weird. And yet there's this invitation of Jesus standing along with me saying, do you want to go further? I'm walking with you. Do you. Would you like to go there? for understanding how God has wired myself, my story. I need Jesus. I need you. I need others. And this is a worthwhile journey. Have you said yes to that? So moving forward, that's just a process in there. Are you willing to, to do that? And uh, I, I, from my uh, point of view, it seems it's not an easy it's not easy, right? Because it is vulnerable and demanding, and there's risk involved. We might have to bleed, but yet we know in the end, we believe in the end there is more. That God is at work. I pray you say yes, and I pray I say yes too. As we, so here's some helps for understanding our blessings and our brokenness. So as you go into your story this week, it may be really, really helpful that you want to break it down into different seasons, take your life and just put it in front of you and walk down these corridors of the seasons of your life in order even to write down just headings of memories of things that have happened, the highs and the lows of your lives, the blessings can be even the history of your origin, the blessings of your family, the good things that your family brought into, right? What were the things that have been passed down that are really good that are part of your family? Families have them. Even the most broken ones have really good things that you can honor and put forward. It's typically what we do when we eulogize our families, right? We hold high the good that they had, the good story, and all families have them, and you can think about your blessings. You can think about your vocational accomplishments and the blessings that God has given you through these gifts and these talents and these moves. You can, you can think about academic successes that potentially you have had. You can think about relational achievements that have been formed and forged over the years. You can think about spiritual breakthroughs that you, can go, that you have gone through where God has revealed himself through maybe difficult circumstances but they were blessings of God's goodness pouring upon you. These are the blessings of life. And well, in turn, you can look at the brokennesses. And the brokennesses are what what are my hurts? What have been my harmful habits? What are my hang ups? What have been the personal, vocational, relational, and spiritual places of pain? Now you can understand digging into these questions is not that kind of fun, right? But yet they begin to paint a picture. When I began looking back at my own story, and these are things that I'm just kind of putting together in the very, very small moments that I'm giving myself to process them, and I begin to think that my, my journey wasn't when I was born, but it started way before then. And I'm tying these passions and, and my gifts together. And when I start going back into my mom's story, her dad was a was a riverboat engineer on the Mississippi River. I was I'm from Missouri. I lived right on the Mississippi River. And my grandfather was an engineer. And my mom had four sisters. She was the third of the four. And when she was three years old, my grandfather was in the engine room and was caught his shirt caught in the engine, and it killed him, and, and he, was, he was done, right? That was the end of that story, and my grandmother had four daughters, all under the age of five, um, and no income, right? And so there's a story. Through death, her dad, gone, and my grandma married a, a number of times, and, and I can go into these I have these crazy memories of these people, and the third husband was a grandpa, Eddie, who um, used to carry a gun and booze. I wasn't told this, but my dad tells me these stories. And when I met him, he had like a hook on his hand. Um, because on Christmas Eve one year, he got so drunk with his gun, he felt he got drunk and passed out in the snow and lost his hand, right? So that was my grandpa's, my grandpa, Eddie, that I remember. I remember the hook, the claw. Um, but you get this picture, right? And brokenness, especially in fathers, that was my mom. My dad's story was one of distance, where there was this weird distance between my grandfather. My grandfather was a really great guy, but yet I've kind of heard my grandfather never affirmed my dad. And even at my grandfather's death, funeral, everyone's praising him because he was such a good, good guy, right? But my dad had no relationship with them, and I, I remember videoing all the relatives about their memories um, of grandpa. And my dad had nothing to say right? So, I, I, so distance. So death, distance, and my story is divorce, right? Four years old, my parents divorced. And so, man, there's, that's an overarching line of dads and weird stuff, right? And, and my story goes on that I continue to aware that at exactly my son's age right now, that's when my dad was absent from the picture, right? So this stuff affects us all. These are the brokenness, have you, have you pulled those together? So interesting about these stories, even, even the blessings, right, usually have this mixed of brokenness in them that come in there. Uh, Dan Allender has this book, and man, I encourage anybody who's, who's willing, who wants to take some steps further down this road, the workbook's called To Be Told, if you want some help understanding your story. That's what I'm using to try to do it. Uh, that's what I have bought and not used, but I'm thinking about using, <laughs> to do it, uh, but he talks about unnamed and named stuff, and it says all of us come to this life being named, but we, but we really walk around being unnamed, meaning that it only takes a, a moment for someone to place a name on us, a bad, painful. So we walk around as if we're unnamed, meaning when we have a negative experience and someone says, look at you fatty, boom, a new name comes on, right? Oh, you're, you're worthless. Boom, a new name has just been stuck to us. Oh, you're, right, whatever it is, do you, do you have those names, right, that have been put on you because you, you, you kind of live this life feeling unnamed, haven't been spoken over your identity and who you are, and many of us go in this life when our peace is broken and we walk around almost unnamed and the negative moments of our life begin to name us. And the majority of us have these names that we can call about our own identity that are not good. And it's with encounters with Jesus, sitting with Jesus that we get renamed. We experience blessing. Right? Have you experienced that? I remember um, getting named, right as being slow, right? Not, not being bright. And you just take that name upon yourself. No one did it in a mean way. Right? It was just the reality of struggling in school, struggling to read. And you just kind of knew it. You're kind of embarrassed by it and just said, oh, you're not that bright. That was the name. You're going to struggle educationally. And it wasn't until I was like 20 years old that I I was hanging out with somebody who encouraged me to read a book, right? I could read, but I was so scared of it, right? I didn't like to, and he encouraged me to read a book. And I remember reading that book and understanding it. And it was, a, it was a book about God, right? Because this guy was like, hey, you're, you're a disciple of Jesus. You're a learner, right? You're a learner. And I always thought, I'm a bad learner. I'm not a good learner. To be a disciple is a learner. I had named myself not good learner. And this guy's, no, you've got to be a learner. And, he get, and I read this book, and I understood it. And in that, I was renamed. I was renamed by Jesus in it, learner boom, it set me free from this weirdness of my story, and to me, it's it's one of the blessings of my life, reading this one book by Max Lucado, and I began to read books. I couldn't stop reading books from that point, but at that point, I'm almost pretty seriously, I was 20, I don't think I ever read a book from beginning to end, right? There wasn't a book. I graduated high school and all this, but you can get away with not reading books, right, guys? I'd done a, a two years of college, I think, at that point, too, and I hadn't read a book from cover to cover. And that was my first. So, how about you? Your blessings and your brokenness, where God speaks into them, shows you those areas, and renames you. Are there any pieces of your story that are off limits? I guarantee there are. Those pieces to say, no, 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 no. And, and God is never kind of saying, you know what? I, I want to take those off-limits parts of your story and, and invite you up here to grab the microphone and share it everywhere within in here. Now, if you've been in a church, you did that kind of crazy crap. No, no, no. That, that's, that, that's harm, right? That's weird. God doesn't ask us to do that. He's just saying, are there any parts of your limit or off-limits? Is am I, you guys almost saying to us, can I use any part of your story? Is that part of your story available to me, to God, for however he may want you to use it? And if it's available, then we kind of bring it up. If you ever had a moment when you said, yeah, it's avail- this is available to you, God? It's not saying that you got to declare it out in some sort some of uh, emotional vomiting in front of a group of strangers. But just to saying, is it available? Is every part of your life available? He's not going to shame you nor embarrass you. But part of it is allowing our story to be used for God's good. So here's a question for you. Is every part of your story available to God? And for that to be true, it means it needs to be available to you to look at those. One last text before we just create a, a, a moment of prayer. No. Um, to two things as we journey go, we go down this road a little bit further um, one of those, here's a couple tools that may be some next steps for people one is on January the 11th Saturday, January the 11th we're doing an Enneagram training and an Enneagram is this ancient tool that helps people maybe connect into their story a bit more about how God has wired them um, if you don't know about it, you can look into it it's going to be a day training on Saturday January the 11th and so if you're saying, yeah, I want to go deeper I want to go deep understanding my story, who I am, how God has wired me, how he's positive made me, and also some of my own hang-ups where I can tend to go. And the Enneagram is a beautiful tool of self-discovery that helps with that. We're bringing in um, an expert upon this. She is an amazing teacher, has written on it. She's a pastor herself in Marshall, Michigan. Trust her, like her. That's going to be on January the 11th from 9 a.m. to 3.30. Yep, it's all day. Get over it, but it's about self-discovery right? It's kind of like goodness, right? We're kind of like, ugh, I was gonna, what? What were you gonna do on that day? Grocery shop and wash your car? Return gifts? Watch football, right? We're talking about discovering who you are. There is nothing more valuable than that. And we want, we want you to be a part of that. We're actually going to provide child care for the t- first 20 kids, over the age of three we're paying for that so if you need that it's going to come january the 11th we'll registering next week ken burt um, has a passion and skills and gifts for men right and helping them understand their stories and how god is doing it in their arc and he has been a part of this walking with men on story weekends and on on may the 29th to 31st there is space for six men to go on this journey to dig deeper into their story And so, Ken is going to be leading that with some others. And so, if you're interested, Ken Burt, we're going to promote it more. But six men, a story weekend. May the 29th to the 31st, you know Ken. If you don't know Ken, you know Jackie. That's his dad, her dad. Um, And that could be a next step. It's a weekend given to this. It will be worth it. So, those those are two. Another book is To Be Told by Dan Allender. Um, if you're looking for something to go into it, and then continue the conversation in your groups and with others. Do, do that work. As we, we close with this, I'm going to invite Marty to come up. And Marty is going to play and sing, and we're just going to create a little opportunity for people to be prayed for as we, as, as we close the service with one song. In Luke... Verse 24, 45 to 49, this is after Jesus showed himself to his disciples. This is what he said to them. He opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. So this is really crucial, right? So we're talking about going on this journey for what God has done. But when when Jesus sent his disciples on this, he's like, hey, you're not going alone on this. And if you're going alone on this, you're in trouble. But he said, wait until you're clothed with power from the Father. And then I'm going to send you in the ark of the story that has been destined for you. But God never sends us on this journey alone. He's saying that you were not meant to do this alone. Wait for God to breathe upon you his courage, his presence, and his power. Receive the Holy Spirit. And for some of you, you're like, hey, I've encountered God. I've trusted in Jesus. And, 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 and in some moment, even now, as we're talking about this journey, you can be a little bit spooked and you say, hey, I, I want... Let somebody pray for me, Right? Let me pray that I would continue to walk out the journey that God has me on, knowing His presence and His power in order to walk what He's called me to. And so if that's you, when Marty plays, I want to invite you to come down and have somebody pray for you just for God to fill you again with His presence, His Holy Spirit. And, and some of you, you're like, I, I'm, I don't know who, he, I'm still trying to figure out Jesus. And so you're saying, yeah, I just want to say yes to Jesus. And if that's you, you're like, hey, you want to say yes to Jesus? Of so saying Jesus said he's going to go, he's going to take me, he's going to rename me, he's going to lead me, he's going to forgive me, he's going to transform me, he's going to walk with me. I've never said yes. Jesus, yes. Right? In that same way, he's walking on that road. And Jesus is like, hey, I, I mean, I'll keep walking with you and I'll walk on. But you, and at some time, you've got to say, Jesus, stay. And Jesus would say, absolutely. I'll take up residence here. And so if that's you, I want you to come and and pray too. As he plays a song. And at this time, I'm going to invite our prayer team. And anyone in leadership is scratching their head because we don't have a prayer team. But you know what? You know what I love? We have an amazing group of people here who have been gifted by God. And I know who you are. Because I can see the results of your test. I know your gifts. I know your passions. I know what God has given you, and I want you to try right now and use them. For the people in here who would say, I would take prayer from someone gifted by God? (laughs) So encouragers, with the gift of encouragement, I want you to come and pray for people intercessors the gift of intercession i want you to come and pray for people people with prophetic i want you to come and pray for you i'm inviting you to try and use what god has disclosed to you as one of your gifts so if i listed one of those for you and you're willing to come forward to be the part of the prayer team this morning come now This is about trying. Trying. Not about being perfect. I don't care how you pray. Right? This is about using a gift that God has given you that maybe you're like, I've never done this. But try. Anybody else want to try? Thank you for those who stepped forward and who are willing. If you would like to be prayed for as a way of saying, I want to go further in this. Marty's gonna sing a song, I think we know the song. Um, You can sing the song, I'm gonna invite you to stand in order as we sing this. But I wanna invite you to give one, these people a chance to use the gift that God has. And I wanna invite you to say yes to going further on this journey. of saying, I want more. And, and, And prayers, pray for that for them. Pray for them to be filled with the spirit. Enough instruction there? Anybody got any questions? all right this is my desire to honor you lord with all my heart all right jerry i worship